What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Century, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, uh, unfortunately, we're going to talk a little bit about the fall off from the Bulls versus the Spurs. We're also going to preview the Bulls versus the 76ers, which is going down tonight. And then we'll be getting into your voicemails for the mailbag episode because it is Saturday. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, so the Bulls suffered a tough loss uh, yesterday uh, uh, in a game that is more frustrating for me personally. Everybody has their own frustrations because the Bulls definitely could have won that game and probably should have won that game if you're really looking at it. They overlooked, in my opinion, a young, well-coached team that just, that just, performed better than them down the stretch that's really just what it is the bulls defensive intensity did not match they did not carry on throughout seems like the bulls were pressing as well at some point they just started jacking up shots um that's not how you win basketball games especially when you're missing a player like zach levine but you know a lot of people are going to point towards zach levine and i know he's getting a lot of the brunt of the frustration um from fans right now because you know there's a lot of questions or just feelings on why isn't our 200 million dollar play player playing in these games and that's, and that's valid, right? It's not to say that th those feelings aren't valid. It's not to say that we shouldn't have those. At the end of the day is this, right? Uh, this Or this is how I look at it, at least, is that this team needs to learn how to operate without Zach. They have to. Like, the whole Zach Levine did or didn't play, and let's, us blaming the loss uh, 100% on that, I can't get with personally, just because, in my opinion, we have to, like, listen, you have to, the next man up mentality is one of the things that carried us early in last season. And while this is a very different situation than last season, you need to put people in position because you just never know. You never know who's going to go down. You never know who's going to have a bad night, right? Zach could have had just a bad night last night. Who's going to step up? Now, in some of these games, it's been I would assume we're really taking on the brunt of a of a of of the load offensively. Um, and when we're missing a player like Zach Levine, and hats off to him for for doing that. He didn't do it as much last night, but he has done it in games. But at the end of the day, this loss was frustrating for me personally because, like I said, the Bulls could have very much won this game. Some execution things better down the stretch. In my opinion, they could have had this game done. Like, they just period. They could have had this game done. But, unfortunately, didn't happen. The Bulls now move on tonight to face the Philadelphia 76ers. And even though the 76ers have not, do not have the best record at all, they're coming in uh, playing much worse than most people expected. The 76ers in this, uh, uh, so far in this season are 25th in the NBA in offense. 25th. That's crazy. That's, that's bad. Nobody would have expected that coming in uh, to this season. And the Bulls right now with offense are 17th in the league in offense. More, moving to, more towards that that being in the top half of the league, uh, I think if Zach Levine had been in more of these games, we'd definitely be a top half of the league as far as um, um, offensively. And defensively, the Bulls ranked 15th. Now, they were ninth before. Last night's loss and giving up that many points is naturally going to drop you pretty low. But we know the Bulls, when they play defense, have a pretty good brand of defense there. Um, and the Philadelphia 76ers come in. And even though they're not scoring the ball well, they're fifth in the league defensively. Tonight's game, regardless of record, record aside, right? I know a lot of people are going to point towards the record or whatever. They are two and four on the season. We got one more win than them. At this point, right, You, as we know, the Bulls can't overlook anyone. And Maxi has been cooking, period. Maxi's been cooking. And when, when, you, when you have something like that, it's it. Listen, you 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 want to. And he cooked Iowa a lot last season as well. So we don't want to overlook the 76ers as well. This is not by any stretch of the imagination. No matter how how well they're playing, even though they won last night without Joel Embiid, they're coming off the second game of a back to back as well. But Embiid also sent out Friday's game. Now we'll see if he sits out this game against against the Bulls. But with all that being said, I say that to say this: 
this is going to be another game in which, yes, the Bulls can score with anybody, especially with Zach Levine in the lineup. We know we can do that. Hopefully we get uh, improved Vooch again. Vooch gets back to being uh, more consistent and just a better player on both sides of the ball. Vooch had a bad game last night. But hopefully he, come, they, he comes into this, we get an improved game against Vooch because we're going to need it, especially with Joel Embiid out there. This is also going to be a game in which Andre Drummond and the bench as a whole are going to be extremely important for the Chicago Bulls. Having a player like Drummond out there, who I'm sure the Sixers miss him, who keeps up that intensity, keeps up the rebounding, keeps up those type of things for this team. Him and Goran and, and uh, Alice Caruso. Kobe, if Kobe plays like he did last night as well. We got a Kobe sighting last night. Um, then the Bulls can definitely be in this game. Again, I've, I've steered away from, from predicting uh, wins or losses only because this team plays so up and down. We have not seen like... Uh, it hasn't been enough games to really for me to identify any type of consistency for this team. But like we just this this is going to be a game that's going to get stressful. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be something that a lot of Bulls fans see. And I'm sure, listen, there are going to be stretches where the, the six is going to run, especially if Harden and Maxi get going. We have to we have to be able to withstand those runs. We have to be able to play well when they do go on those runs. And we have to be able to play solid defense on everything. Right. Yes. Joel Embiid is one of the more unguardable players in the league. We're not going to stop him on one-on-one. We don't have the matchup to stop him one-on-one. Almost nobody in the league does. But we have to contain everything else around, and the Bulls have things that they can do with that. They have to get creative. They have to try to get um, easy easy um, steals and transition buckets when they can. But the Bulls are going to have to come in focus. And in the, in the losses that we've seen so far from the Chicago Bulls team, it really comes down to execution. When the Bulls lose, it's because they're not executing well. Period. That's what happens when the Bulls have lost games, whether they be on offense, whether they be on defense. The Bulls just aren't executing in, in every area of the game consistently yet. We need to get to that point. Again, we're six games into the season. I know a lot of Bulls fans are frustrated with, with a lot of things so far, but that's at the end of the day. That's what we need to do, and hopefully we do see that against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. And we'll be back on our full schedule. That's pregame, halftime hangout, and post games all tonight. We're not going to miss a beat on that. So make sure you guys are tuned in for that as well. But that is it. On this part, let's go ahead and transition. Let's get into your voicemails. We're going to listen to this first one. This one's from Shay. What's up, Faze? This is Shay. You know, a lot of people seem to overreact because we're on a 3-3 three and three win-loss record. But I'm here to tell only y'all. It's only October, people. And the season started mid-October. Wait to November. Wait to December. Wait to... January, February, and then that's when you start hitting, hitting the panic button, you know? We're still early on into the season. Everybody's getting the real feel of things. Think about it. A team like the Utah Jazz, who probably are going to come back down to earth, will are, like, having a good winning streak better than the Bulls right now. So I wouldn't use this. I mean, I wouldn't press the panic button just yet, especially when you saw how good we did to start out the season and how bad we looked to end it i'm just saying so much thing shay says bulls fans overreact and you know the overreaction is always going to be there when you look at as well like bulls fans this offseason right the bulls did nothing they didn't improve this team we have one of the best benches in the league the additions that we made to this bench have paid off huge dividends for the chicago bulls team and the same thing listen everybody i understand it you want to see your team do well early but the season is a it's a long season for a reason you learn you develop you grow. Last season, the Bulls fell off after the All-Star break. We can see a season now in which the Bulls hopefully are catching their stride by the All-Star break, getting Lonzo Ball back. Hopefully, at that point, Zach's playing more on back-to-backs, like things like that. We can see a team. Keep in mind, too, this team still has not played very many games together, even dating back to last season because of injuries and things like that. Then you add in 
two more players to this in, in Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic, who, yeah, they have chemistry because they've played together before. But are, like even though the things have been looking really good from this bench, they still have a lot of chemistry to build with this team. We have not seen the best of Chicago Bulls basketball yet. And while I know that's, that's disheartening, while it's not as tangible for some fans that they don't understand that, and I understand, knee-jerk reactions, right? We, we, we overreact to wins, we overreact to losses, and we catch in the middle between some other things. It is what it is. This is sports. This is basketball. This is the NBA. This is, this is Bulls Nation. It's always going to be those type of things. Always. It always has been. It always will be. And that's just kind of what it is, unfortunately. Like, at this point, the, the fans that are overreacting, I feel sorry for you guys because, listen, I, you get yourself in a tizzy. At the end of the day, this season ain't over yet. We'll see how this season ends up shaking out for the Bulls. But they have shown some very promising things and some very concerning things as well. But it's going to come across over the amount of time. Now, when you talk about things like, like Patrick Williams' development as well, like it's going to take some time with Patrick Williams. We'll see. Like Everybody develops at a different level, and we'll see what that what we get into that with. we got an actual voicemail on that later, so I'll, I'll save my, my spill on that. Let's get into this next one. This one is from Jamal. What's up, Hayes? It's your boy Jamal back again with another video, man. And as I prepare myself this Friday evening for the uh, Bulls versus Spurs game, we got notification that Zach Levine will be out due to me load management. Now, I wanted to start this video off, well, have this message off, by just talking to all the people out there in, in, in the Bulls land who hate the fact that Zach Levine was sitting down. I get it. I do like the fact that he had to miss the first two games. I understand a lot of people were upset at the fact that he missed the first two games they, and everything like that. But we need to have an understanding, people. There's a difference between having a knee injury and having load management. As far as everything shows, Zach Lee is 100% healthy. But they're managing it because you can't just put that much pressure onto that knee after it's been surgically prepared. And mind you, what he had was a minor surgery. They just went out there and cleaned out some stuff from his knee. It doesn't mean that he re-injured it or aggravated it, but they had to clean some things up. That's called maintenance on wear and tear. You do the same shit with Scott. Zach is going to pay $215 million a year, uh, uh, over the next five years. You best believe that the wine horse and everybody else want to make sure that he is there to uh, play the majority of that contract. And if that means having to sit him out a few games throughout the season and the beginning of the season and make sure that his knee is good, and everything so he can be his best for the playoffs, and that's what they're going to do. I hate the fact that we have the old management now, but we have to also understand that that's the new age NBA. Mind you, I want people to understand, this happened, this isn't something that is, I won't say it's not new, but it's not like, um, I understand people say like back in the day players played through, uh, players back then didn't get injured as much and all this. No, it's not that they didn't get injured. They just played through a lot of bullshit, which is why a lot of players back then had poor uh, careers didn't last that long. Larry Bird injured his back and could only play maybe 12 or 13 years instead of having a 20-year career. Had he had today's advancement and, and a little bit of load management. Tim Duncan was able to have a 20-year career. I get that we don't want to see load management, and I get that it's scared for it every time they say Zach is sitting down, but until they come out and say Zach is injured, I'm going to be fine with him sitting down a few games, especially since this is a back-to-back. -back. And I'd much rather have him play against Philadelphia, who I want us to whoop their ass. So that's just my belief. And anything. Let me know what you think, Hayes. As always, see where it go, Bulls. Peace. All right, you guys know, Jamal, Jamal, just, Jamal needs a podcast. But my brother, just get you a podcast, bro. Like, Jamal comes with these thought-out topics, and they're great, right? And I love the voice. Keep sending in the voicemails. But Jamal is, he thinks these things out. Jamal should have a podcast. 
There you go, Jamal. That's my thought on that one. Uh, but as far as the knee management, the load management, listen, this is the modern day NBA. They're way more aware of how players' bodies react to things and trying to, to stave off injuries. And then, again, considering this team did not go into the playoffs fully healthy last season, and he ha- and he's the Bulls' new $200 million investment, they are going to be protective of him, whether we agree or disagree. Again, this is not me saying I agree with that method. I would have loved to see a load management in the sense that, okay, on some games, Zach is just going to play 15, 12 to 15 minutes. That's what I would like to see as a fan. Is that selfish? Absolutely. But that's what I would like to see. Doesn't mean we're going to get it. They're going to protect Zach's knee. They're going to try to give him as much time so that he can ramp up and be completely ready to go by the playoffs. You're going to see a lot of that. And I think a lot of people are going to be frustrated with Lonzo Ball as well because they're going to do heavy load management on him leading into the playoffs. They're going to give him enough reps and things like that to get him back in rhythm. But best believe they're going to do some load management when it comes to Lonzo Ball as well once he makes his return. At the end of the day, it's this, right? You have to, they're going to protect their investment, but also while it is frustrating to not have Zach Levine in games and see at least two games on the schedule so far that you would think if we had Zach in those games, those are wins, then the Bulls would be five and and one at that point, right? And that completely changes the outlook of the Bulls season. But yes, while some fans, especially with the improvement in the East, are just really panicking, like we have to win every game. We have to do it. The East is so tight. We This is going to be the difference between us being a playing team. Calm and chill the fuck out. Because at the end of the day, just like, and I'm not saying we're going to be Boston of last year where we can just, we're just going to flip this switch and all of a sudden we're going to be one of the better two-way teams in the league. But at the end of the day, when you look at the East, yes, the East is going to be a dogfight. But because it's going to be a dogfight, there's going to be less separations between wins. The Bulls right now, if the playoffs were to start today, again, too early in the season, would be seventh. They're still a playoff team. Their point differential is much better than, we had a negative point differential last season, even after giving up two huge games against the the Cavs and against the Spurs, we still have a positive point differential. There's enough positivity to look at this team and say, this team is going to be better than we're expecting. And this bench is going to be a big part of it. So while some people are, are, are panicking, things like that, listen, it's a long season. We're going to be all right. To quote Kendrick Lamar, we're going to be all right. And that's the end of, that's the ended on that. Let's go ahead and move into this next one. This one's from Paul. Yes. Hey, uh, hey this is my first time calling. My name's Paul. And I'm calling in concern of uh, Marco Simonovich. And not concern. I think he's going to end up being you quoted today, Friday, that you thought that he was short-lived for the NBA. And I don't believe that to be the case. I, he short-lived maybe for the Bulls based upon uh, Billy Donovan's uh, coaching philosophy. I believe that um, Coach Donovan, I never really liked him because I believe he lives in the land of Oz. He likes to coach a team of munchkins. And you gotta have uh, some bigs. And I mean, at the power four, you can't use a bunch of six, five, six, 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 four type players. I don't care what their wingspan are. I don't care if they're gorillas. They're not going to be able to compete for a championship until you get a couple of guys that are at six, nine, six, ten realm. And even then they have to have seven plus wingspans. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt will be a great fit for the Chicago Bulls. If you could pull off a trade for him, um, he would take them to an elite level. Uh, DJ Wilson was cut by the Toronto Raptors. Again, 146 games on NBA experience. Guy is 6'10 with a 7'3 wing. Moves his feet real well. We didn't go after uh, Mamadou Diakite. 
Uh, now he's in the Cleveland organization. That shows you what these guys think. And I don't know if this is Billy thinking or if this is AK thinking, but sooner or later they'll realize that you can, they're, they're, they're not as plentiful as six, four, six, five people, but there are guys that are out there in that six, nine, six, ten round or even plus that can move their feet as well, almost as well, and with their added wingspan, will be real highly built assets. You know, I love Patrick Williams. I'm with you. They're not going to let go of Paywell anytime soon. You might as well dismiss that. But, I mean, a guy like Diakite could have been brought in on the minimal. Uh, again, um Veteran minimum, D.J. Wilson, trade for a guy like Jared Vanderbilt. He's only making about $4.5 million a year. He does not shoot the three, but he does every – I mean, he rebounds at the power four position. Um, he he can defend uh, five positions on the floor, and, I mean, defend them well, anywhere from point guard. Paul and Marcos, listen – I, I, listen, you say that it's a BD thing. I don't think it's a Billy. Billy Donovan doesn't want to play small. Look at the roster that we you you give me a version of the roster that that we can and, and avoid playing small ball some. I guess you can theoretically say yeah, throw Marco out there. Marco is not ready. Period. You can say all day that it's a like I think sometimes we place too much blame on Billy Donovan with things. Just just look at it. Yes, Marco. I've talked about it. He has a great offensive skill set. But you have to be able to play defense and stay out of foul trouble as a big man in this NBA. And the things that we've seen from Marco is he gets dunked on when he plays more than two minutes. He still has a lot of development to do. We can't just all blame it on the coach because guess what? If AK and Eversley as well and didn't agree with how Marco was being used and he's their draft pick, guess what? There would be a note to Billy Donovan to say, hey, let's get Marco some rep out there. So let's not all blame it on Billy Donovan. Let's not say, like, I think people use too much, like, oh, well, Billy Donovan just likes small ball. It's small ball because of Billy Donovan. No, the fact of the matter is, AK and Eversley have not added much size to this team. They haven't quality size to this team. We just don't have it. We don't have it. Technically, we could run a, a lineup of Tony Bradley and Andre Drummond and just have a more traditional size. But guess what? It won't be. It won't work. It won't work. And let's not just blame Marco and his inability to play just on the coaching staff. Is that probably part of it? I can say that. But I also think that Marco is not showing some things. Because one thing with Billy Donovan, you can say the small ball or not. If you're ready to perform, if you're ready to go, he's going to give you minutes and find a way to work you in. Marco is not in that. In a team that needs size, he just has not been that quite yet. So I disagree there. But I completely understand where you're coming from. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Marvin. What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, guys? Um, just calling in to get my second prediction on the first sec, uh, first ten games of the season. I gave my first one. I figured that uh, you know three and two would be acceptable. Anything over that was was progression. Anything under that was unacceptable. I think the Bulls hit the uh, mark at three and two. Second five games of the season are even brutal, uh, more brutal, guys. Listen, we got five games in seven days. Two of those back to back. So I want to start with the first one, which is uh, tomorrow Friday. At San Antonio, we're not looking over this team. Matter of fact, their Washington loss should make us understand not to not to look over any team. But let's play well in that one. Also, I want to say this: that first game is the first of a back-to-back. So I don't think Pride, I don't think Zach should play that game because we got a back-to-back coming home against Philly. I think we sold him out to that game. Second game is against Philly. Uh, another game that I think we're looking forward to playing because we hadn't beaten those guys now. 
The third game is on the road at Brooklyn. Now, this is a crucial game, guys. It's on the first uh, first of next month, and Brooklyn has been struggling. They're going to be looking to get on track, but we have another back-to-back behind that. Go home and play against Charlotte. Uh, managing these guys playing down through this, especially Zach, is going to be critical. The last game is on the road at Boston. Boston's going to be looking to get back back at us pretty damn tough on that one, guys. So I say let's let's see what's going on with this one. And also, so my predictions are at San Antonio. Hopefully we can win that one without Zach. Come home, get our energy from Zach in game two. Uh, and this is the game we need to beat Philly. On the road at Brooklyn, I'm kind of nervous about that one. I'm, I'm going to give us a loss on that one. Back-to-back game again, come home against Charlotte. I hope that we can pull that one out. And then the, the final game at Boston is going to be tough, guys. Uh, I, I would say we probably lose that one. So I'm going to give us a three and two home. Uh, next five puts us at six and four. I think out of first ten, that is acceptable. Let me let me hear what you guys think. Hopefully we can pull that out. Please. Marvin, another person who needs a podcast. Um, because Marvin is, it's, again, very well thought out. Uh, you guys can catch him over on uh, Flight Sports TV sometimes, by the way, as well with that. Looking at the Bulls' next five, you got Philly, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Boston, Toronto. Then we're going to throw in the next one in that, too, because we got Toronto after that at a home-and-home. Home. These next six games for the Chicago Bulls are going to be important, hugely important. And like I said before, the first three weeks of the season, basically the first month of the season, we're really going to know where this team sits. So why are some people are having these knee-jerk reactions now? Let's wait and see. At the end of the day, yes, I can see the Bulls very well in this next six games going three and three again. I can see it. Philly, crapshoot. Let's see how Philly plays. Brooklyn, I think we can beat Brooklyn. Like I said, it may be tough, but at the end of the day, they've shown some very key weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. I think we can get them. Uh, Charlotte, I think we can beat Charlotte as well, Um, even without Lonzo. Boston, we already beat Boston, but they're going to be looking out for revenge, so be on the lookout for what that turns into. And then the Toronto games. Toronto is a team that has always matched up very well with the Bulls. I say we split that between those two teams. Um, but, again, let's, it's going to come to us. This team is still learning. This team is still developing. This team is still building chemistry. This team is still finding their balance. And Zach Levine has been in and out of the lineup, so we still are working our way through that. This team is going to be all right. And Marvin hits great points there. All right, let's move into this last voicemail. This one's on Patrick Williams. Um, but like I, I just wanted to say that we need to give we as Bulls fans we need to give Patrick Williams time to develop. We need to I mean let him develop at his pace too. You know, development on, on basketball is not something that you, that can be rushed. The kids, you know, Io Desumu is different. You know, a lot of people want to complain, want to compare Patrick Williams to Io Desumu, but Io Desumu grew up playing basketball, and that's the difference between them. Io Desumu was. I, I guess he was like three years, um, played for three years with Illinois. So his development is a lot more advanced right now and at an advanced stage than Patrick Williams is. So we have to stop that comparison. Um, I would assume he was a much more seasoned basketball player than what Patrick Williams is right now. But like I said, give Patrick Williams two more years. And if he doesn't miss any games and he keeps on developing, we're going to be talking about a different Patrick Williams two years from now. I guarantee that. So um, much love, bro. Uh, keep that content coming. Love the program. And peace. Patrick Williams, and I wanted to leave this last because Patrick Williams has shown some key improvements in the last three games or so. Last night game probably being the best game. If, Pat, if Patrick Williams plays like that with Zach Levine on the, on the, on the court, 
it's a completely different outlook for the Chicago Bulls team overall. And I'm not just talking about offense. So many people just talk about offense when it comes to P. Will. I'm talking about his defense. P. Will was solid defensively last night, getting out in, 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 in pick and rolls, things like that. I enjoyed seeing Patrick Williams and how he operated uh, last night. Again, seven shots again. He just averages seven shots per game. But he was four for seven in that. He had 10 points, two rebounds, one assist, three steals. He was getting active. That's what we need from Patrick Williams to get active defensively, Go after defensive rebounds. Go after offensive rebounds. Get pit back, putbacks when you can. Play well. Take your shots confidently that you're going to get in this off uh, in this offense. We saw Patrick Williams go from getting 15 minutes per game to he got 20 last night. Now again, that comes in in a in, in, in a in a game where Zach Levine was out, so I can understand that. But we need Patrick Williams. Is they're building him back up, and you can see it. And I've always said that that is part of the game plan, and you can tell. They are trying to build back up Patrick Williams' confidence. And while some people said in like the game before this one, he should have played more minutes, I think that Billy Donovan pulled him to be like, let's not give it a chance. Let's not give it a chance for his confidence to get hit. Let's build, let's use this into the next game. And that's what we're seeing with this team. That's what we're seeing on how they're developing Patrick Williams. Doesn't mean you always have to agree with it, right? There's some things I don't agree with what they're doing and how they're using Patrick Williams. But at the end of the day, he's starting to show more signs of what we need Patrick Williams to be. If you notice, I stopped calling him Passive P. He's back to P. Will or Patrick Williams, and hopefully that continues. But if Passive P starts uh, rearing his ugly head again, the Passive P nickname will come back out. But that is it for today's mailbag episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you get your thoughts, feelings, everything in. Comment down below on how you think about all the topics, the voicemails, everything. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Last thing, if you want to leave a text, our voicemail, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. And see red y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.